good afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty360. Want to welcome everyone to another episode of our Loyalty360 Leaders in Customer Loyalty series. Uh, in this series, we talk to the brand leaders about what they are seeing on the front lines of customer channel and brand loyalty. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Jaden Whiting, who is a director of Global VIP Program at Lego. Uh, Lego, as we know, is one of the most popular and widely used toys in the world, and it has become uh, an internationally recognized brand, as we all know. Uh, the Lego Group is a privately held company based in uh, Bullion, Denmark, and the company is owned by the original family who founded it in 1932. Great, great uh, background. Now, I should, probably didn't do it justice, but I'm sure uh, Jason <laughs> could add more. Uh, so, Jason, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Can, can you give us a short history of Lego, uh, a little bit better than the one I did, and uh, kind of talk about some of the things you offer and what you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, as you said, uh, founded in Billen, Denmark, which is a uh, was originally a small farming town. Um, started off uh, as a company where uh, the the family was actually woodworkers and started building wooden toys. And then, uh, after a number of years, got into the plastic toy making. And, and the brick that you know today has been around for a very long time. Um, and uh, like one of the best things about it is every brick we've made uh, still connects with every brick we make today. And that's part of the Lego system of play. And the whole concept here really was how do we make a toy that's more, um, more about what, uh, in, you know, really building on kids' creativity and, and building a toy system versus just like a one-off where the kid plays with it and then like throws it out later on. And it's really what's set us on the path that we're on and uh, we've been doing pretty good throughout the years. So I think we're probably one of the, if not the best known brand in the world. Uh, we've got pretty good name recognition, uh, but it's all really founded on this like uh, pursuit of quality and really inspiring kids. And uh, you know, uh, our, our mission is to inspire the builders of tomorrow and it really plays out in all the products we have. That's awesome. Um, and what about yourself? Uh, can you tell us a little about yourself, your role, uh, what you do at Lego, and then maybe some of your background uh, around customer loyalty, customer marketing? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I head up the loyalty program at Lego. Uh, I've been in this role for since uh, the beginning of 2018, uh, but I've been with the Lego company for just over eight years now. And, and within this company, I'm actually one of the younger ones. Uh, a lot of uh, my peers have been in it for into the organization for a very long time. Uh, there's a lot of history in this company. Uh, my background prior to Lego is uh, I was in marketing for a telecommunications company of all things before that, and then also worked on the uh, agency side in, in marketing. And uh, when I came to Lego, I was really more involved in the D2C business and really stayed in that for, for most of my career. Uh, and then in 2018, when we did a bit of a reorg, there was an opportunity to take the loyalty side of our business and move it from uh, a retail development role into a marketing role to really understand like how do we connect uh, some of the, the value proposition of our loyalty program more in, embedded into more of our campaigns and the way we actually operate the business. Uh, and that's essentially where I've cut my teeth. And uh, me and my team, we've just been working nonstop since then to say, how do we make the program uh, better? It, it's been in its current, in its previous form, it was around for quite some time. Okay, great. 
Um, recently in the Law to 360 Awards, which we just had the, the uh, ceremony, award ceremony last week, you uh, took the Platinum Top Award uh, category to Top Award winner for the Incentive and Reward Design category. I uh, will learn to talk today. Um, a great win, a resounding win, and uh, obviously some things you're doing are, are very unique. Uh, can you tell us a little about uh, kind of the, the Lego loyalty program that's driving some of this? Uh, I know it's been around for a number of years and you guys decided to relaunch it in mid-2019? Uh, yep, yep. Yeah, so uh, prior to that relaunch, I mean, the program had been around for about a decade at that point. Um, and it was very much a passive program. So it was a discount-based program where our members really didn't have to do anything uh, to interact with it. And, and that had some good sides and some bad sides. Uh, part of the problem with a lot of the programs in the industry that are, are like this is that there's very little engagement in those programs. So essentially, you scan your card, they ask you if you want your discount, and you move on. Um, and some of the programs that are out there, and they're, they're even redeeming on behalf of the customer, so there's zero action. So when we looked at this, we said, okay, we want people to think about what they're what they're doing inside the program versus just letting it be passive. We want to be active participants in it. And then when we looked at our entire base, we said, uh, we noticed that we had like a small core group. We've been around for a very long time. We're really engaged in, in, in that discount portion, but there was a huge number of people who, who didn't um, either qualify for a reward or didn't even think about redeeming for that discount. Uh, so the relaunch was really about how do we not devalue the members that were already engaged in the program, but actually give them an active choice, give them more opportunities to earn, more opportunities to spend the points that they had, and then make sure that there was something for everybody, uh, regardless of where they fell on the affinity pyramid, where they fell in, in, in um, frequency of purchase, uh, really just make sure there's something for everybody. And then also because we're a passion brand, um, making sure that we had something for all those passions. Uh, discounts, not a passionate thing. Uh, it's not somebody, somebody wakes up in the morning and goes, oh, I want to get a discount today. But they will go, oh, I want to have, you know, put a smile on my kid's face today. And, and that's really how the approach that we took is making sure that we could bring more smiles to those families. Okay, interesting. So what uh, are some of the goals that you have for the program and taking it from a kind of a passive program where everyone received those discounts to a more engaged, interactive uh, program, obviously, uh, you know, a great step. Um, but what are some of the goals you have for the program? Yeah, I mean, from like a KPI standpoint, I mean, we wanted to grow uh, our active base, which is the number of people that were actually shopping with us. But then it was also really important to grow our engaged base. And these are people who are interacting with us on an ongoing basis. Um, often within uh, this industry and, and these types of products, you have people buying uh, their gift givers and they're buying, you know, once or twice a year, either for a birthday or a holiday or something like that. What we wanted to do is make sure we were interacting with these people um, in between those purchase moments so that they had, uh, so that they were at least thinking about us when it came time for the ne that next purchase. So I think those were our two primary goals. Um, uh, obviously with, with relaunching of any type of program, just uh, you will have members that, you know, they're change adverse or you're going to have some challenges with, with the program relaunch in its own. Uh, so it was also really important that we looked at NPS and made sure that um, if we, the, any losses that we saw in our NPS just because of the changes, uh, we could recover from that and actually get better at it and make sure that our scores went up. Um, it's just as important for us that uh, 
we have benefits for our members, but our members actually appreciate those benefits as well. Okay, got a good point. So what have you seen as you kind of relaunched the program? What are maybe some of the highlights of uh, kind of how the customers are interacting, what you're seeing, what you're hearing? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, some of the best things are some of the comments that we see from uh, members saying how, like, they're not sure what they should do with their points now. Should they hold, should they hold them? Uh, should they wait for the next cool thing to come along? Um, and, and getting excited about what we're about to offer, which is something very different than what we've had in the past. And, and uh, you know, I won't sugarcoat it either. I mean, it wasn't easy. The relaunch there 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 was some challenges with you know uh, decoupling from legacy systems and, and you know making some aspects of the program uh, aren't even where we want them to be uh, we're constantly working to make it better but what we're seeing is we're seeing those higher engagement numbers we're seeing the higher nps numbers we're getting really positive comments um, a, a big portion of the program was also like uh, engaging with our members and opening the dialogue, learning what they want, um, communicating to our highest affinity members, telling them what's coming up uh, so that they feel like they're part of the program. Uh, it can't just be this one-way communication. We have to keep that dialogue open. And that's actually some of the more exciting things is seeing this this turnaround from, from the relaunch and from the old program. Okay. So what have you seen so far? Uh, kind of, you're making the program more rewarding. You know, what did you learn uh, from the relaunch that was motivating uh, customers? And obviously, uh, as you mentioned, uh, and you and I have those conversations, there are different people that engage with Legos, people that have tons of kids, kids, people that have no kids that had an affinity for when they're growing up. So are you hearing different things from different groups with regard to kind of the new program, what they like and what they don't like about it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not, no customer is created equal. And, and that's one of the biggest challenges with the program is we is the old one, we used to just treat everybody equal. Um, and part of the problem with that is you, you don't have something for everybody all the time. Um, some of the feedback that we've gotten is some people don't understand some of the rewards we have. I mean, I mean because they're not made for them. But then uh, immediately you'll find something that resonates with their passion points. And, and I remember... Uh, one of the early comments that we had was was from one of our members who said, you know, they were upset that, you know, it wasn't super easy to, to get the discounts anymore. Uh, and that all they cared about was the discount. And then in the next sentence, they were saying, but I really want this one reward that sold out almost instantly because it was so hard to be like, it was so desirable. Um, so, so I think that's really the interesting thing for us is seeing how these different members um, with these different passion points, whether it's like for, for the brick itself or for a specific theme like Ninjago or Star Wars or something like that, making sure that we have something for them and like that they, they it really resonates with them. And, and that is kind of where we, we go across the board. Like, so really there's no one answer that says like, well, what, did, what did we learn from it? What are people engaged by? It's, they're all engaged by something different. I would say one of the big challenges that we have to address is, uh, and something we're working on is how do we how do we surface these benefits and these rewards to those members in a way where they're easy to find for them, um, and, and taking a balance between what's aspirational um, for for one member, or or but what's irrelevant for another one, and just how do we position them? How do we how do we showcase them on our site and things like that? Uh, and that's something we're constantly working on. Okay. And I think you've talked about a number of different times, kind of the passion that uh, your brand evokes and has, obviously very deep uh, 
uh, with a number of different people. Um, you know, how do you leverage that passion in, in kind of the redesign, kind of the, the program relaunch? Uh, so I think there's a couple of ways that we address this. The first one is, like I said, the rewards themselves. Um, you know, we uh, a great example is some of the work that we did with Adidas late recently, where they launched a, a branded sneaker, um, and we put it on our reward center where we had it available for our highest uh, earners to actually be able to buy this, versus uh, you know going into a queue for a raffle to win one. Uh, directly from Adidas, but then at the same time, we also made it accessible through uh, sweepstakes mechanics for our other members. So, so from a reward standpoint, what we try to do is make sure, like I said, some things are aspirational, but some things are available to everybody. Um, but then we're also working with our with our marketing team to say how do we integrate both the earn and burn side of our program into our full campaigns. So. Um, there's been some great examples this year with some product launches where, where we've given our, our members opportunities to, to unlock content and earn additional points by interacting with the brand, but then also uh, unlock rewards at the same time. Okay. So when you look at uh, kind of partnerships, uh, the, the partnerships that you talked about with Adidas, you know, how do those partnerships come in, into kind of fruition and how do you determine which partnerships make sense? Obviously making a, you know, a sneaker of Adidas sneaker is somewhat unique, uh, not something everyone would think of, but you know, you know, how do you go about determining which partnerships make sense? And I'm sure you get bombarded or, or do you reach out for partnership opportunities? Yeah, so, so from our standpoint, we often uh, lean on our product development teams and our licensing teams uh, to say where are the partnership opportunities for our loyalty program. Uh, with, as you can imagine, as being a toy company and a brand that interacts with children, the brands that we work with, it's really important that we find the right brands. Um, that they have the right brand values and, and, and you know, responsibility to the community and, and to kids and families. Uh, so we're, we're pretty strict uh, from an overall Lego group standpoint on who we work with. Uh, we take a long look at who those partners are. And then from a loyalty standpoint, we, we work directly with those teams to say, what are the opportunities that we feel will most align with our, our members of our program? Okay, great. When you look at um, customer loyalty, obviously very important uh, for uh, all brands. We think it's uh, you know, growing importance. And what does customer loyalty mean to you and to Lego? Yeah, so uh, it's an interesting one because, you know, uh, a lot of companies and even ourselves at one point, we, we were looking at loyalty means like them coming back next time, you know, and it's very short term uh, focused in my mind. And, and a lot of companies and ourselves are included are now saying, you know, it's about lifetime value. I think the difference with Lego is that the lifetime value of one of our members is can be incredibly long. Um, it, it's literally a generational product. Uh, you probably played with a set when you were a child, then gave one to your kid because it, you know you relive that nostalgia. And then as you get older, you realize like, hey, I like building too, and you end up getting you know a, a new set that you know, like uh, what do we have the the Lamborghini or something like that, and and it reignites that passion for the brand. So when we look at our program from a loyalty standpoint, we really try to say, how do we, how do we keep connected to that customer throughout that entire lifetime? Um, and that means, you know, while we're not promoting our program uh, to a child, uh, we wanna make sure that there's something in our program for those children 
that they keep close to the brand. And as they age and they, and they grow up and they have children of their own, that they continue to be close to the brand and that we continue to provide more and more benefits to them. And it's a little bit of, you know, it's why the system has been built the way it is. I mean, the system of play is meant that you, know, you don't throw out our products. You, you hand them down, you give them to, to your kids or your grandkids. Uh, and, and that's the intent. Uh, the lifetime value is really important KPI for us, but it, we're talking a very long lifetime value. Uh, now, granted, we look at very short-term KPIs as well, but in the end, uh, I think that's probably the biggest one for me. Okay. Um, emotional loyalty, very important uh, in the industry today. What does emotional loyalty to mean to you and in your brand? Uh, it, it sometimes can be, we've heard from brands, can be a blessing or a curse. Uh, it's great to have uh, that uh, emotional connection, but sometimes it uh, kind of elevates the expectation of the customers as well. Is that is that something you see or you know, what, what does emotional loyalty mean to you? Like <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head right there. Um, you know, toy company, you don't get much more emotional than that. Uh, kid opening a present and the surprise on their face or, or something like that. And, and you know, our products are, are often gifted specifically for that is to see the excitement on that child's face. Um, uh, with that, there's an expectation. Uh, we're, you know, uh, we're one of the most reputable companies, if not the most reputable company in the world, when you look at some of the, the brand trackers. Um, there is a very strong emotional connection to the product itself, which means we're all held up to a very high standard. Um, so, so I get that uh, some brands will say it's a curse and, and I get that there's some challenges there, but it's actually what makes us who we are. Um, and it's super important to us. And I feel without that, um, we wouldn't be who we are. Uh, a lot of what we do as an organization is founded on those emotional connections. Um, and, and you need to keep those. Uh, it's really hard to win back people. Um, and, and, when, when you do take a misstep, uh, you do everything in your power to try to, to rectify that and be open and honest about that. And it's a little bit of what we see in the program is, you know, in a relaunch of a program, you have some challenges and you have to be open and honest about those challenges and work hard to kind of rebuild that relationship. Um, and that's exactly what we do in our organization. Okay. Well, when you look at uh, kind of the communication and the round rewards program, obviously it's been uh, somewhat challenging during COVID-19 uh, with regard to being sympathetic uh, with regard to the customers, what they are going through, how they want to shop, they want to shop in store, they want to test, even going to the theme park potentially. But when you look at your rewards program, especially some of the changes that you're making, you know, how do you communicate uh, kind of the value, the opportunities in the, on the reward programs with members and potential members? Yeah, so I mean, it's much tougher right now, obviously, with everything that's going on. Uh, prior to a lot of the lockdowns, um, the awareness of the program happened mostly in our stores. So, so we do have a bit of the benefit is uh, the intent of our, our program is not to drive awareness of the brand. I mean, <laughs> brand recognition for Legos up there, so we're all right. Um, but it's really about how do we how do we communicate the program and its benefits to to potential members. So previously, this was done through our store staff. For the most part, that's where most people were learning about the program. Um, and this is this one-on-one -on -one interaction, which once again, you know, when you talk about that emotional loyalty, you get a lot of that from our customer service or in-store staff. The other side of it is, you know, 
obviously our, our website has become more and more an important factor in here. And a lot of what we do for, for new member communication is building the, the sign-up process um, and awareness of the program directly into various aspects of our website. So whether it's through um, allowing uh, potential customers access to products that haven't yet launched because they can join the program and making them aware that the program is there to unlock that benefit or just communicating on the website or even uh, in our user journey and checkout flows, making sure people are, are very aware of the program. Uh, for those customers we already have, uh, this is still driven by everything from in-store signage to placement on our shop to a, a pretty robust CRM program that's run by a, a really dedicated team, ensuring that everybody knows what benefits we have, what's coming up and what's going on. And then I think the last piece of this is really our community outreach. And this, uh, and when I talk about community, I'm, I'm actually talking about those hardcore um, adult fans of Lego, those people that are probably our biggest ambassadors uh, in the world, and really making sure that we communicate what's going on in the program, what's coming up for rewards, and, and being super transparent with them, uh, because they're actually be some of the loudest voices out there um, talking about what we're doing and, and kind of almost acting as recruiters for the program and the brand. Okay. You, you talked about the KPIs that you have for the program. Are there any kind of new different KPIs you have for the program or maybe some of the things you're seeing from a KPI perspective, a high level since the launch of the program? Yeah. So, so the engagement one is, is a new one for us. Um, so there's a, uh, the engaged base. Um, and the reason it's new is because before all we cared about was, you know, whether somebody made a purchase in a timeframe. So we're really digging deeper into that. And we really want to expand that more and really start engagement scoring uh, with the intent of not to kind of segment our audience and say who we should go after, but really look at it and understand how, uh, how our membership has evolved and whether or not we're doing a good job at increasing the level of engagement of our members in general. Uh, the way we look at our members is, is like any other program. You know, there's some basic KPIs like what's their frequency or what's their spend. Um, but we really start looking at it from how often are they connecting with us? It, to me, it's just as important as um, we provide something for a family who's making a small purchase every, you know, every month, they're just coming back and engaging with the brand. It's just as important as this one person who comes in and drops a ton of money. Um, I, I, I don't, I look at them as, as two different needs. Um, and, and we look at them as, as very different segments, but both incredibly important. Um, that the just growing the passion for the brand in, in a family and in our consumers, um, you know, in the kids is super important. And we want to need to make sure that we're looking at what are the opportunities that they connect with the brand that's not just at the point of purchase. And those are the types of KPIs. So it's really more on the experiential KPIs, um, how, how often they're engaging, what different touch points are they engaging with, how are they redeeming. Um, I'm much more inclined to look at how often they're redeeming from our program than how many points they're burning. Uh, because those with a lot of points tend to burn them very quickly. Um, it, but those with a few amount of points not necessarily always have something available for them. And I want to make sure that they still keep connected with us and, and are, are thinking about the brand when they're, when, you know, like I said, in between those purchase moments. Okay. 
Um, so what do you think the next big thing for your brand's approach to customer loyalty is? You talked about uh, the, the engagement metrics that you're looking to measure and kind of uh, build. Uh, you know, what do you think the best next big thing for customer loyalty is? Yeah, and, and all I can do is speak for, for our team and what we're working on. Um, but what we're, we're really focusing on is how do we expand these benefits beyond uh, just the shopping occasions? How do we start connecting into our other platforms? And we're starting to starting to do this today, which is connecting back into the parks, um, into our games, and, and even, you know, at some point on unlocking like additional benefits that filter down into the, the kids experience and things like that. For us, it's, it's more just uh, looking at the, like I said, and I say this a lot, but looking at the different passion points and, and really understanding the needs of that family unit, understanding the needs of the kid or the adult, whoever the actual person building is and, and looking at the different touch points they have and really connecting into those different experiences. Um, the world of the Lego brand is fairly vast uh, from, from, from the toys themselves to the video games, to the content uh, and really looking at the loyalty program, uh, connecting all those pieces and really building out that full ecosystem where no matter where you are, the types of engagements you have, whether it's in the real world uh, at an event or in a virtual world inside a game, that there's a connected thread through the loyalty program that both allows you to uh, earn and also uh, receive some type of benefit because you're a member of this ecosystem. That's great. And the last question we have is, you know, what can Loyalty 360 do for you to help you and your team uh, with your customer journey and to help it be more successful? So uh, honestly, one of the, the best benefits that uh, I've seen so far, and it's really helped us out, is, is really these types of, of conversations and really getting an understanding of what other people are doing. Um, often what I've seen is these loyalty teams, they're fairly small and they, and they wear a few different hats. Um, and, and for us, uh, we can be as creative as we want and, and look at different opportunities, but being inspired by, by other brands and really understanding what they do um, especially like non-computing brands. I think those are probably some of the most inspiring for us because we're looking at people who are doing things that are totally different than our business model, um, but they can really uh, lend us some new ideas and show us how uh, they're engaging with lots of different audiences. And, and I think keeping that type of content going is really important and really beneficial to me and my team. No, great. Well, um, Jason, it was uh, great uh, connecting with you again today and uh, congrats on the uh, win in the incentive and reward design category. And great to hear that. Just the depth and just the, kind of the, the margin by which you won. It was great to see. So uh, obviously doing some great things. I look forward to hearing more from you in 2021. Great. Thank you very much, Mark. All right. Thank you, sir. Have a good one.